Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. People can change anything they want to. And that means everything in the world. Show me any country and there'll be people in it. It's time to take the humanity back into the center of the ring and follow that for a time. You know, think on that. Without people, you're nothing. Without people, you're nothing. Stoke the fire. Here we are. Get yourself a drink of water there, Jesse Leach. Quick bit of hydration. <laughs> That's some high quality H2O. <laughs> and coffee. Why not? Yeah, it's a turmeric latte with some coffee in it. Yeah. You're living the good life, my friend. The hotel life on the road. Are you in? Well, it looks like you're in a room. Yeah. This, this is your abode for the day. Yes. The rooms are very, the walls are very brown. Yeah. And I had to close the curtain because it was like a whole bunch of light coming this way on me. But yeah, it's, uh, are the, you got, so are you rooming with Adam? Yeah. He's brushing his teeth right now. <laughs> <laughs> see this ladies and gentlemen, this is the glitz and the glamour of tour life. <laughs> this is what you pay to see. So you're obviously on the road at the moment with kill switch engage, August burns red and light the torch. Yes, We're going to, we're going to park all of that amazing conversation for later yes. in the show. We're going to come back around. I can't yep. wait to hear all about it. I've purposefully, when talking to you, not asked you anything about it because I want to hear it all for the first time in this podcast. Um, so we look forward to that. So everybody, you know, whatever we're about to discuss, make sure you stick around for that stuff, which is, you know, that's the ultimate payoff right there. But yeah, I got may- stories. I got stories. <laughs> You may have seen the title of this episode and you may have gone, oh my God, what? The final episode. Um, And that's exactly why we called it the final episode is because we wanted to coax you in with your confusion and rage click. Yeah, (laughs) clickbait, clickbait. (laughs) (laughs) And in many ways, it is the final episode. uh, And in many other ways, it is not. So we should start by saying that today, episode 50, is going to be the final episode on gas on gas digital um we signed a contract with them for a year uh that year is almost up and we figured 50 would be a nice even number to draw a line in the sand so this will be the final episode of what will become series one um after today we're going to take an extended hiatus and the reason being and, and jesse i'm sure um can chime in here as well i don't just want to you know go on a monologue but the I mean, you are you are good at what you do though man <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll just try and do the housekeeping as best as possible and then you yeah. can you can you can chip in but um the home that we have been on for the last year has been a brilliant home we've been treated incredibly well we've been given complete creative control over what we do on this show we've had great support from our producers and the people who've worked on the show with us. Uh, They've made it very easy for us to deliver, 
you know, the, the audio and video files and they produce them and, and package them up and make them look and sound pretty. So um, we want to say a big thank you, first of all, to, to everybody at Gas for all of their help over the last year. But um, I guess we both feel, well, I know we both feel, that this show, being of the nature that it is, would be better suited as an independent podcast kind of out on our own, doing our own thing. Right, Jesse? Because it is different to not just every other podcast on this network, but indeed, I'd say every other podcast out there, and that's not us saying, aren't we great? It's not different as in we're better. It's just different. We're different. We do our own thing. And so we we spoke a lot, didn't we? And we both decided that from here on in, we would just like to go it alone. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just a better fit. And that way I feel too with, with the contract we're on, you know, deliver an episode a week. And it, again, to, to double back on what you just said, we did get a start. Gas gave us our foot in the door. They gave us a lot of support. They put us on a big platform to expose us to people. But, um, you know, this, this podcast is, it's a lifestyle podcast. It's not just entertainment. There's a lot that goes into it, a depth, if you will, that I just feel, um, I would rather have the option to let an episode ride out for two weeks. I'd rather have the option to have longer episodes to just take our time and, and grow this organically because we've seen the people that have joined us so far in our journey. They're people that aren't going anywhere. They're people who stick around and look forward to this podcast every week. And it's not just a flash in the pan. You know, it's something that we both feel strongly about and has helped people has helped us, whether that be, you know, with, um, mental illness issues, addiction, all the great stories we've had. There's to me just a wealth of things going on. And I like the idea of taking this independent and having a bit more freedom and control with it and doing it the way that we, we want to, regardless of a contract. Um, yeah, it just kind of feels like that's, that's the right way to go for us. And I think that's going to help us spread our wings a little bit as well. So I think it's a win-win situation. Yeah. And if we cast our mind back to when we started this show, both you and I had really little idea of what we were going to do and and the nature of the show and the content we were going to get into and what it was going to be. We knew, the, I guess the only thing we both knew for certain is that it was going to be honest. And yeah. other, other than that, we kind of didn't have any inkling of where we were going to go. Uh, and I think that has revealed itself over time. And, and we recently had on Renee, the Amigo skate dude, and he pointed out, and I think it's been pointed out before by other guests who've appeared on the show, and it's certainly been pointed out by listeners who've gotten in touch with us, but just by happy coincidence or destiny, call it what you will, a common thread has emerged, hasn't it, of guests and people, and, and you and I, I think, would be included within that group, who have overcome certain obstacles in their life and have been, and, and you know, that's not that we're not unique you know this is most people right. out there in the world right. this is everybody and i think this is why it's connecting is you know we've been through hard times and we've made it through to the other side and we've turned that struggle and that pain and that heartache into something positive and hopeful and that is something that does not go unappreciated by us too and what you're saying there really we've only both realized in the last few weeks but chucking out you know these sometimes two hour long 
in-depth life discussions one a week it feels like we're doing them a disservice because some of them are so layered and complex and rich um it feels like we're just kind of like chucking them out and then moving on to the next and not giving them the due respect they deserve doesn't it yeah and i think that with like as far as promoting episodes online i feel like by the time i'm just getting my head wrapped around the episode and starting to talk about it and let it sit with me the next episode's already out so I feel like I, I can't catch my breath with it, especially now that I'm back touring and and just life got a little busier since the pandemic. And that's another thing, too, I think is is important to say, like this podcast was started during a standstill, a total standstill. And the whole concept behind it was about having people tell their stories and just simply like talking. You know, I could say even just recently in my life out here on the road, us guys in the band just having discussions processing our life as it happens and actually you know instead of just kind of like moving forward with your life and keeping your head low and going at it alone you extend yourself to people and say hey i need help with this issue or i'm thinking about this issue and people need to do it on a regular basis so that's what this podcast turned into is really just an open discussion there's no rules there's no agenda we're not looking to like get a buzzword to put online to like clickbait and sell something apart from the final episode. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That. But you know, um, I realized even just this past week being out again with these guys touring in these conditions, we have to talk about it. We have to say, this is hard. It's hard not being able to be sociable. It's hard not to be able to like have your friends come see the show, all the little things that we love about touring besides playing, you can't do it. So it's a little example of a very big issue. I think humans have with um, being sociable creatures. We need each other. And sometimes when you have a discussion or you hear a story from somebody, it changes your perspective and might help you a little way on your journey. And I think that's what this podcast offers is an open forum for people to tell their truth, to tell their story. And the end result of that is other people are affected by it. We've had countless emails, countless messages people reaching out. I've met people face to face who will bring up my podcast, not just my band. And some people have actually just brought up my podcast. And to me, that's such an honor. And they're saying that they're connecting to it because it's something that they understand and they feel. So I'm proud of this, man. And I'm really looking forward to seeing it grow. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with our listeners. A lot of it has to do with our guests. And we're just kind of along for the ride. And it's been such an honor so far. Yeah, and, you know, our listener guest episodes are something which I think make this show unique to, to many. I can't think, again, and this isn't us saying, aren't we amazing, just different, but I can't think of another podcast out there that dedicates, you know, entire hour-long, sometimes 90-minute or more episodes where they interview in-depth just, you know, their listeners, just people that nobody knows, nobody's heard of. And, and what we've noticed is the response to those episodes whilst the numbers might not be as high right uh, and this is a thing with a network and this is you know this is business and this is completely fair and understandable is i feel like when you're on a certain platform there is a certain expectation to be hitting a certain number of downloads per episode which if you have on a rob flynn or a randy bly or a keith buckley you're going to hit those targets whereas if you have on joe from you know alabama on the show <laughs> yeah. then those numbers might not be as high but actually some of the feedback that we get from those episodes 
is the most profound. And they're really the ones that are connecting with a lot of people and they're bringing this community together. And so that is a component that we will continue um, to shine. And, and we want that to remain a characteristic of this show, which marks us apart is we will continue to do listener episodes. But to do that, we have to kind of do it on our own because there are certain expectations that networks have. And that's not to say that we've been pressured in any way by guests to do things differently. Uh, we're just aware, I think, aren't we, that their expectations and ours at this stage are kind of splintering off in into different directions. And and like we said, we never knew when we started the show that the listener episodes were, were going to be something that would be as important as they are. I had an idea of wanting to try it because I thought it could be interesting, but they have been some of the most revelatory, haven't they? Yeah. And, you know, like you said, the numbers, you know, a network will, will ask you, show you your numbers. You went up, you went down and, you know, and anytime I'd get that information, it was interesting, but it also was like, I, I'm not really that interested to like push for that. And, you know, that's the difference between being on a network and going independent. And now that I think moving forward, I'm not even going to focus on that stuff. It's nice. You know, we're going to launch a, a Patreon and we're going to ask for support here and there, but I love the listener episodes. I love the in-depth conversations. And even though those quote unquote numbers might be lower, the people who are tuning in and getting something out of those types of episodes are the people that are going to be along with us for this ride. You know, and, and to me, that's exciting. Even if it's a, if you had a room full of a hundred people and 20 people are like really affected by it, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm doing this. Same thing with music. You know, you might have a huge room full of people and not everybody's going to be into the, you know, opening for Slipknot, case in point. We talked about this in the last tour, like as a musician, you know, you don't have all 10,000 people, but those people who are being affected by it, they're, they're going to remember that performance. And that's kind of how I see this podcast. We might have smaller numbers, but those numbers are strong and they're going to stay with us. They're diehard people. We know because we've spoken with them and we have them on our show, <laughs> which again, to me is just, I love that. And that element is important to what we do. And that's something I look forward to continue to do because I know we could have names and we know between you and I, we know a lot of pretty famous people and we'll sprinkle them in, but that's not the main drive. You know, it's not about the numbers. It's about our community. And that is what sets us apart, you know, and I, I'm, that's everything for me. It really is. I mean, numbers would be nice. You know, all that stuff is nice, <laughs> but <laughs> it should be a byproduct of us being genuine and being who we are and making decisions based on how we want to do this versus like, how do we monetize this? You know? Yeah. Uh, and again, you know, we both want to just reiterate our gratitude to Ralph and everybody at gas yes. for, for being great partners for this last year. And there is certainly no like ill will. Sometimes things run their course and it's time to move on and try something new. And that's really all this is. And obviously their network, you know, continues to feature amazing shows by Rob Flynn, who we've had on here and Jamie Jaster. They yes. actually just launched, I guess, as we're leaving, Zach Wilde is replacing us. Uh, he's actually in our old time slot as well. So he is literally Father Zach, my good friend and touring buddy. Yeah. Um, there's the, I think it's the Wild Goose podcast is the new one on here. And I think that's a lot more in line with, with what Gas does, which is yeah. you know, humor and entertainment. Um, and we're going for something a little bit different. And we're proud to be different. And, and they've been really nice and, and said they'll continue to be fans. Um, as we move forward alone as well. So thank you to Gas one more time. And yeah. you you mentioned Patreon there. Um, we're not launching the page just yet because basically over the next few weeks, 
we have various different you know plans and, and admin really quite boring stuff to do to to gear up but the rough plan which we can tell you at this stage is well first of all our live show you know that is the next thing and that is yes. really what it's all been leading towards and what the live show will be is a kind of like a greatest hits collection of some of our favorite guests from the last 50 episodes we're in the process of reaching out to all the stateside east coast guests and trying to get as many people who are in that part of the world the new york and surrounding areas we're trying to get as many of those people along to this show on sunday the 3rd of april at the east berlin venue on 169 avenue a in new york city um, we're also inviting the listener guests who've been on the show and just friends of the podcast so if you come to this show we we were talking about this the other day and jesse had like an aha moment but when you walk in the doors at this venue we want it to feel like you're stepping into the physical manifestation yeah. of this show which has been a purely digital show because of you know the pandemic up until this point for the last year but we want everybody who comes to this real life you know live event to open those doors and step in and go, oh my God, there's such and such. There's so and so. I can't believe he or she is here. Uh, and it's going to be out of this world. It's going to be wild, isn't it? It's going to be so good. Yeah, I just got chills. And it's amazing too because it's kind of, I, I sort of see it as almost like a vaudevillian thing. Like it's not just going to be people talking, there's going to be other things going on. And as a listener, you'll have an opportunity to walk up to these people that you've seen on our show or heard on our show and have a chat with them. And to me, that's, that's incredible because I can't imagine being a fan of a podcast and you can go into a building and, oh, there's episode 36 or whatever, you know, <laughs> and like go chat with them about like, how did you overcome this? And having that face-to-face -face interaction will be part of it. But like Matt said, you know, it's, it's, um, it's exciting because from the jump we talked about, we wanted to do this and that's how this was born from a live event. You and I doing a Q and a in, in England, and we left that night being like, wow, that was great. That was brilliant. What fun. We really hit it off. And here we are like full circle. And you and I haven't even hung out. This is our friendship has grown into what it is now where I consider you one of my best friends. And we've only physically hung out what, what two or three times, like as friends, maybe less than that. <laughs> I don't even know. I'd say, so, I'd say a couple. Uh, and yeah. the last, and the last time was, you know, nearly three years ago when, when Killswitch played Brixton, that was the last time we hung oh, out. Oh, that's right. That's right. You came out to that. That was fun. Um, so yeah, we're excited. And I think that it marks a nice turning point and also a launching point for what we're doing with this. And, uh, you know, if, if it goes well and, and people enjoy it, we'll have more, you know, it's something that we wanted to do from the jump. You know, the whole stoke the fire concept is about bringing people around. And I look forward to the day when we light an actual fire and have people sit around an actual fire with like a camera crew. Like I'm already there. Like that's how I see this. Not just a podcast, but a lifestyle show. Eventually, if we are fortunate enough, you know, if the will is there and the support is there, why not? So this live events will, will really mark a, a point in history for us. So. You know, if you want to be part of that history, come hang out, man. And it's going to be something you won't forget for sure. Yeah, it's going to be historic and memorable and incredible and really a kind of a celebration of Series 1, a wrap party. 
if you will, yeah. and, and I look forward to what's to come. And because it is in New York, we'll be celebrating New York too. And we've spoken about that idea of wherever the location will be for these live events. We want to tap into that locale and that region and the characters of that region. And, you know, it can become a travel show in that sense, like we always spoke about at the very start of the show with Anthony Bourdain as our guiding light as well. Um, and the Patreon page will be launched soon. So what we would say, the best way to stay with us from this point on because obviously for the last year it's only been the most recent 15 episodes which have been available to you um the rest are all behind the paywall on gas now we're going solo from next week onwards every single weekday we're going to be putting up an old episode starting with episode one the introduction and every single day we'll be dropping an episode from the back catalog um, and i've timed it out like the rain man in such a way <laughs> yeah, we, we, we do two weeks of one a day and then two weeks of two a day and basically up until the third of april which is our live date the entire catalog of, of stoke the fire so far all 50 episodes will find their way onto all podcast platforms itunes spotify youtube google podcasts etc so please, if you're not already, subscribe to the show on I, I, you know, any of those platforms or all of them. Follow us, like, subscribe. Please find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We'll be resharing clips from old episodes as we upload them as well. Um, and then when we launch the Patreon page and we relaunch the show and we come back with Series 2 and all those things, you'll be the first to know. Um, so please do follow us, like, all of that everywhere, uh, and just keep your eyes and ears peeled and watch this space and we won't let you down we won't abandon you this is just a period of regroup and <laughs> and strategizing and we're going to come back you know bigger and stronger and better than ever um and yeah chapter two awaits and it won't be you know anything it won't be feasible without you so we see you there hopefully yes i love it and i also love the idea of re-rolling out those old episodes and having that sort of as a catalog you know because the way it works now, like you said, there's only 15 most recent episodes. So when I tell people about the podcast, I can tell them to go to a specific episode because they're all going to be there. And just sort of one for the memories too. I can't wait to go back and revisit some of those episodes. It's great, man. Some of them feel like a real lifetime ago. Some of those early episodes, you know, feel like a distant dream. Um, and because there is so much packed into each one, it's, there's a lot. Uh, if you're a recent you know, convertee, if you will, if you've recently <laughs> found this show, you are in for an absolute treat mm. um, because we're eternally proud of every single episode we've done. And, and like we've hinted at, it's not about the size of the guest on this show. You'll all know Miles Kennedy. He's the dude that sings of Slash. He's incredible. Um, but then you go listen to like Jake Snufnarowski's episode and you might not know that dude. You probably won't. But after hearing his story, you will be blown away uh, and it you know really is it's about the depth of the conversation not the size of the guest and i would say to anybody who's like a latecomer start at episode one and just work your way through chronologically because it has been a journey that has unfolded in real time hasn't it and i'd say that's definitely the best way to you know get up to speed is to just go back to the start and work your way through in order yeah i love it our um our sound guy out here who runs all the sound for kill switch his name's alex really great guy um he said that he had a house project he had to work on redoing the kitchen i forgot what it was exactly but um he said he did just that he he went and, and like just binged all of our stuff on youtube just had it on a, like a, a loop and listened to a bunch of stuff and he said he was laughing he was crying he was having epiphany moments 
all while like doing his house chores and fixing up this room. And to me, that really struck me. I was like, that's kind of what I do with podcasts. You know, I just, they're my companion and there's something that I can draw from. So I love the idea of our podcast being that for somebody, especially somebody that I consider a good friend who, who does a, an amazing job for my band. So that's the kind of vibe I, I like that keeps me going and just gets me excited to like have all of these episodes out, you know, where you can just binge them, you know, in the world of binging. And another thing I got to say too, is not just the guests, but the conversations we were having around them during the pandemic, talking about what was going on in our lives, the restrictions, the restrictions, lifting, spring coming, all the little dialogue that's peppered in around the guests. I'm looking forward to hearing that and remembering where we were when we were recording that episode. You know, it's really something that's grown with both of us and everybody who listens. Yeah, huge live events. Um, not live events, sorry, life events. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, you know, you're on the road right now. You mentioned your sound guy. You're talking about, you know, experiencing life in real time on the show. You're in your hotel room. You're on the road. This is a tour that began two years ago. You did like two dates. The, you know, the curtain came crushing down. Everybody went home. We've been working on this podcast. You made, obviously, and put out the Times of Grace record. And you know, everything's been kind of ticking over and you did the Slipknot tour, which was obviously, you know, what a way to be reintroduced to playing live shows again. But this yeah. is your name above the door. This is the tour that you guys have especially curated um, to bring things full circle with the story and the history of Killswitch Engage, obviously with Howard's band being out with you. Um, where would you like to start, dude? The first show or do we go back even further? Well, I would say for me, it's that day in Pittsburgh three days it was day three that uh, you know two shows then a day off and my tour manager walking up to me as i'm standing outside the tour bus saying we're going home you know it was kind of like we knew it was going to happen but you get your fingers crossed you hopefully that's that's a them problem with this virus thing and it clearly became a global thing um and what i feel and i didn't even realize this till like a day or two later we picked up our tour and our first show was in pittsburgh and Pittsburgh was where we had that day off where we went home. So essentially, wow. we played the city that we got sent home at. So it really felt full circle. And the energy and the, you know, the first show is always a little weird on a tour because you're, you're getting back in the groove. So there was definitely magic there. But I, th I think by show two is when I really realized we have something really special here. Because for fans and anyone who's paying attention, uh, Light the Torch, who is the opening band, the vocalist Howard Jones was in Killswitch for all, about nine years, like during a really crucial time in this band's history. So to be able to have his band open and then of course, in inevitably have him on stage with us to do the duet uh, signal fire, which we, you know, had him come and do guest vocals on, on our most recent record. Um, I've had him come up and, and, and do a song on his own and to be able to step off the stage for that moment. You've been doing that as well. Beautiful. Yeah. And, wa and watching, you know, I'll just, I'll introduce them and we'll, we'll, you know, we've been hugging so much. It's, it's funny, like, it, just like the hug fest. Um, but that family change the song every night or is no, it the we same song? We, we haven't yet. We're going to eventually, but, you know, we're working on incorporating um, a lot of the new record and playing at least a song from every album and then, yeah, rotating things in and out. So right now, Howard is still doing um, Rose of Sharon, which by the time this, this airs, it might be different, but. Dude, like you know to... what though? I don't know of a band in history that's done this before, ever. 
yeah, I'd come to think about it, I don't either because I think ego comes into play, insecurities come into play, all that shit that we thankfully are not, you know, harboring. So to be able to do this and to see for me, not only the dynamic of the band and to watch Howard, his face, and clearly he's like feeling energized and happy to see the audience's reaction. And also what struck me the other day when I was kind of like sitting, thinking about the tour and, you know, cause I can't help it. I'm quite a deep thinker, especially when I get time alone. Um, what a moment of redemption it must be because it reminded me of myself and what I went through in my life when I left this band and what happened to me and all the trials and tribulations. And then having a moment way back in 2010 where Howard was unable to do the tour and these guys invited me to do some shows and being on stage for that moment where you hear the crowd sing along to something you wrote, something that means a lot to you. I can see that with him. You know, I can see it happening in like to hear the audience singing at the top of their lungs and seeing his reaction to it, you know, laughing or getting emotional. That's the buzz. That's amazing. And then, you know, I come on stage and we do a couple songs together and then, then we call it a night. And last night, Howard turned to me and, you know, we usually do a little hug, but he, he looked emotional and he said, I love you, man. Thank you so much. I was like, thank you, man. And to have that sort of like moment with him after years of really not knowing him that well and sort of like stepping back into this band and being super insecure and uncomfortable and finding my way and just navigating all the things of just being in a touring band period, but then being in a band where you're sort of like replacing a guy, but it was your band before too. And like, it's all that weird shit, growing pains. I feel are kind of now out of the way and it just really opens the doors for just a celebration of this band and the family that we are and the catalog of music that we share. So this tour really is a celebration of not only the new record, but just us as a whole. And I'm seeing it already. And we're not even a week into this tour and we've got five to go. It's, it's really one that I think that a lot of people are going to remember, including us as a band. I'm getting so emotional, man. There's a lot of elements at play, but that for me is like the, I'm going to steal your phrase that you like to use so often, but that for me is like the period right there on this entire series of conversations that we've shared and the redemption and the, the rebirth and, you know, like the connection all of those themes that we discuss in depth so regularly and often that give us reasons to live and be excited about life. Yeah. And I you're, also think, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, you're living it. You're out there I right am. now. You're living it and you're aware of the importance. You're aware of what is happening before you. Cause sometimes we're not always aware. And we know that we've spoken about this in the past, you know, when you're, you know, younger and perhaps less grateful, you're sometimes not aware of how important something is while it's unfolding. Yeah. So it's good to be fully aware of the importance of this and be fully appreciative and just lean into it and love it. Yeah. And my hope too is, is I've already seen it happen with me where it sort of demystifies the, the sort of Howard versus Jesse thing. Um, and, and to me, I'm seeing a very human element of him because I always saw him as this incredible vocalist, you know, one of the best in the business, the guy's voice is incredible, but to see, little voice breaks happen when he gets emotional and to see his physical, you know, body language on stage and the interaction we've been having, it just makes me so much more grateful and aware. And you sort of step outside yourself and you see the bigger picture, you know, cause I fought so many insecurities for so many years with this and I still do. That's just who I am. I'm an overthinker 
And um, I, you know, I, I struggle with anxiety and depression, as many people know who listen to this podcast. You need to die, do you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> no. Is that an exclusive? Is that no, an exclusive? Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you talk about <laughs> mental health? No shit. <laughs> no, but I think Sorry. it's, imp- it's important. No, it's great. Laughter is good. I, I think it's important because people get so caught up in all the semantics of what it's like to be under a spotlight. And at the end of the day, we're all just humans that have our flaws. We have our good days and our bad days. And all that bullshit doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And to see that and feel it and to say that and really truly mean it, it's changed me. Like it's changed the whole way I see this industry and I see the art form of it and performance in general. At the end of the day, take all the headlines away take the spotlights away, take the fans away. When you're alone in your bed, you're just dealing with yourself. And we all go through different emotions. We all go through our struggles and we all have our triumphs. And that's a story in itself, you know? And it's unfolding in real time out here on the road. And I'm super grateful for it. Yeah, just the fact that you get to do it at all after everything that we've been through is one thing. Uh, And you guys have you know, the experience of, of being back out on the road under such a beautiful set of circumstances. Um, yeah, true story. Like coming out of this weird pandemic and not only touring again, but with this circumstance. Yeah, that's next level. I wish I could talk about the Q&A tour with Keith. As we speak now, I haven't done it yet. And as when this goes out, we'll have done it. So it's kind of a weird little time, but you know, talking about removing yourself from the bullshit and seeing what really matters. I've just come off, you know, two hour zoom with him just, you know, obviously like talking about what we're going to get into each night on stage in front of the crowds and, you know, the story that we want to share. Um, You know, we obviously want to hit the right tone and make sure that it's not just like a kind of gossipy kiss and tell type event. We want to get soulful and deep like we do on this show and just allow Keith the platform to, you know, tell his story and stuff. And, and, you know, I'm not going to say too much on here, but like learning from him, the things that have transpired within that band and you, you do step back and the pandemic dude has been such a big factor. That's all I'll say is like the perspective that that global situation has presented so many people with, you know, for good and bad, I think it's given people an entirely new lease on life. Uh, And obviously if you're a fan of every time I die, it's disappointing news for you because the pandemic has resulted in that band breaking up. But for certain members within that band, maybe even all of them, eventually they're all going to be happier and healthier because they're no longer in this fucking horrible, toxic situation that's making people miserable. Yeah. It's such a fine line to walk. And I think a lot of people don't realize that about being in a band. It's a relationship, you know, it's not all just fun and partying and like rock and roll. It really isn't. There's so many nuances And, you know, every band has their issues and either you deal with them and you dismantle them or they build and they build and they build till you hit a breaking point. And that's happened already twice in this band (laughs) with different (laughs) singers and somehow we're still going. Uh, um, But I will say this. um, I will always be a fan of every time I die. They put out great music um, and it is kind of a shame to see the public airing of it. I hate to see that, but nobody knows all the details, all the ins and outs. And the fact that you are giving him a platform to speak, 
I think is important. But I think what's overall important is for people to realize that we're all, again, we're all just humans and all the weird shit I'm seeing online. I'm not taking a side. Like I'm not getting involved with any of that drama, even though I'm friends with all those guys. And I think that people need to step back and realize that let that situation play out as much as it's being aired. Don't feed into it, man. And I, I do look forward to when this is behind them and they're able to continue on. You know, and Keith, I have such a soft spot for him because I've had some great conversations with him and I do admire him as a human and as a vocalist. I look forward to seeing what is the outcome musically, what they end up doing in their professional lives. And I hope one day they do sort this out just because I know they're all good friends and brothers, you know, like, so that's an intense situation. So, yeah, I'm, I'm keen to, to watch you do that as well. And I know that'll be a very unique thing for you and Keith. And for everybody in the room there, sitting in the room, hearing that stuff in real time, it's powerful stuff, man. Yeah, it's going to be really powerful. I'm going to take all of the experience and lessons that I've learned doing this show for the last year with you, um, you know, because it's a different style. Obviously, I've been, quote unquote, interviewing people for years now, but I'd like to think that now I'm, you know, at least I'm trying to be much more of a conversationalist than an interviewer. And that's what I've always tried to do with my podcasts as well. well. Dude, that being said, I got to give you a lot of credit. Um, I was thinking about this the other day because I was talking to uh, Joel, our guitar player, about this podcast and about everything that's going on. Him and I were having a heart-to-heart alone because he's been going through some stuff personally. Uh, and it was really nice because Joel, anyone who knows Joel, he's one of the nicest dudes on the planet. Such a sweetheart. Very level-headed. So I, can t- I feel like I can tell him anything. So I kind of just went deep and I started talking about you and our friendship and the fact that like, I was a fan of you before we ever worked together. Like I love life in the stocks. And for anyone who's a fan of stoke the fire and you haven't gone and checked out what Matt does, the amount of work you put in the amount of uh, experience that you have and how far you've come as a radio interview guy that had to do the standard interview, which you never always, your personality always came through. Even when you were working for the, the big networks and the, the, you know, the huge, conglomerates or whatever you still had a spirit about you but you've grown so much so that i would have to say i think you're one of the better interviewers conversationalists that i've heard on any podcast on any platform and most people that i talk to that hear stoke the fire and we talk about you including my family they're like he's really good he's really got this thing because you're such a good listener and you take the information that's given to you and i can see it on your face you're you're like sitting there in the zone processing it and what comes out of your mouth to me constantly is like, wow, I didn't even think of it that way. So I have no doubt in my mind that the Keith Buckley stuff is going to be brilliant. You'll be able to steer that ship and keep it. So it doesn't get weird or awkward. And, you know, to me, it's an honor. And I don't know if I could do this without you. You've been such a mentor and a teacher uh, as far as how this goes and the way you speak and, you know, the whole paying the bills and getting all the information right and correct. Like, that's why, like, at one point, if you remember, I was introducing some of the episodes. You can, you want to have a go? Like, stoke the fire. And, like, I just gave up. I'm like, he's just, <laughs> he's just good at this shit, man. Play to your strengths. You know, I'm sort of the emotional, spiritual thinker guy, but you really are amazing at what you do. And I think anybody listening is probably nodding their heads and agreeing. So um, not just with stoke the fire, but life in the stocks. And I think it's incredible to me that you haven't, been able to be extremely successful with what you do because it's been a struggle. And um, I think anybody out there needs to support you period 
on your life in the stocks, your Patreon. Because t- to me, it's it seems wrong that you haven't made a living off of what you do because you're that gifted in my mind. Wow. Um, not often, as you know, am I lost for words, um, but the friendship that sparked from our various interviews over the years has led to the most meaningful of all friendships in my life at this stage. And I'm just so, so grateful for you as a person in my life, irregardless of the show that we do together, but then also at the very forefront of this friendship is this show. And I think through the process of doing it is what's made us like brothers to me. Um, and you honor me to the point of tears as people who are watching this will see with, with what you just <laughs> said there, man. Um, it's true. Can't thank you enough for everything. And mm. it's been an absolute joy every step of the way this has and you know me like i'm a lone wolf i fly alone i work alone i live alone i am a solitary man um and i'm very reluctant to collaborate you know not because i don't love people as you know i do but i just find i have a certain way of working and a certain standard that in the past hasn't always lent itself well to partnerships and um the partnership that we share has changed my life in so many ways and elevated my um, professional and personal life so thank you dude this has been the greatest of experiences and we're just getting started well you know you got to play to your strengths like i said earlier and uh, my strength is not organizing it's not like remembering information (laughs) it's like all the things that you're good at i'm not so good at um so for me it's it's effortless you know you you you're the guy behind the scenes outlining things and pitching stuff at me. And I'm like, wow, I didn't even like within the three or four days we haven't spoken. He came up with this brilliant idea. Like, how does he do it? So, you know, and that's why I remember when you initially approached me about this, you're like, well, you're the name and I want to like, make sure you get compensated for what you do. And I'm like, fuck it's 50, 50, baby. You know, you've been pulling more than your weight for what you do. Um, So it's a great partnership and I appreciate it. And I think to me, I'm really curious just on a personal level, you've been working behind a bar. So what has that been like with all the crazy shit that you do? And mm-hmm. now you're back pulling the stick behind a bar. Tell, tell the listeners and tell me like, what has it been like to like be a barkeep again? <laughs> Dude, it's <laughs> been amazing. Been? It's been amazing. And I'm actually off for a shift in one hour's time. Exactly. So it's, <laughs> it's kind of funny you bring that up. Um, yeah, it's ironic. I think that, you know, after my well-documented struggles with alcohol, I would choose to go and work (laughs) in an establishment, which serves (laughs) nothing but alcohol. Essentially. Um, we, we do do non-alcoholic beer, but sales of that stuff are not high in the pub that I work at. It's been beautiful, man. And the first shift that I did was like two days after I had, um, headline, well, not not headline, fuck me. I had hosted (laughs) five. O2 arena shows in a row for the the monster trucks tour so i'd done five ten thousand sold out shows on the mic dancing the ymca in front of all those crowds having (laughs) the greatest most insane time of my life um and then after being in front of all those crowds five shows in a row i go to my friend's bar for the first shift and he hands me a broom and he goes there you go dude go and clean the cigarette butts off the curb out the front 
And he didn't do that to fuck with me, but he said as soon as he gave me that task, because he's one of my best friends and he was fully aware of what I'd just done, he said as soon as he asked me to do that, he felt really bad and laughed to himself. But I, I felt great about it because, as you know, it's so important to keep yourself grounded, not just in terms of keeping your ego in check, but you know, a lot of my struggles in the past have been the roller coaster of emotions that I experience and the extreme highs and crippling lows. So after going from such an almighty high that I'd done, it was really good for me to just go straight to sweeping the street and cleaning cigarette butts off the curb. Um, you know, it brought me right back down to earth, but in a way that was it wasn't too punishing or brutal. You know, it, it was just like real. And I was like, here I am back to where I first started. My first ever job was washing dishes in a restaurant. I worked in bars for, you know, eight years before getting into DJing and doing what I now do. Um, and it's where my heart lies, you know, in these, these community centers, these churches, if you will, um, although alcohol has been a very destructive force in a lot of people's lives, I think that pubs are also really beautiful, um, safe ha houses for the lost and the broken um and they just you know they attract cool interesting cultured fun wild people uh, and so now after having not worked behind bars for 15 years and experiencing the life that i've experienced and then being back there i can bring that interest in human you know condition to the pub and i can like almost interview the customers in a way that gets their stories out of them i've just found a dentist so my new dentist in the area someone who drinks <laughs> in there and she's going to fix me up with some you know teeth not new teeth but she's going to sort my teeth out uh, and it's just it's plugged me right right into the new community in bristol where i've moved there's no better way to fast track to like you know a sense of neighborhood belonging than working in the place where everyone gathers yeah and you've got people that walk into there with that intention of having a conversation and sharing and, you know, alcohol for better or for worse, you know, if you've got a bad relationship with it, it's horrible. But, you know, for me personally, I love moderation. I love having a couple of drinks and having a good conversation. And when you get that, that's just to me in your wheelhouse, like yeah. you've been doing that minus the, the alcohol and the sort of like serving of drinks, but in so many ways, you're sort of a therapist to people and just a friend, even if it's a temporary situation, I would love to sit at a bar and have you as my bartender, you know, and here in the States it's worked on tips. And I'm, I'm I know that um, the base pay here for a bartender is not that great, but if you're good at what you do and you have a regular basis of customers that come in, you can make really good money with tips. So I would say that um, it's not the I, same over here. No, I know it's not, as you know, <laughs> I know it's not, I know it's not, but I'm saying if I were there right now and I went to your shift, I would give you a nice fucking tip, bro. <laughs> I love it. I mean, by the time, so sometimes like tonight, if I'm recording or something before the shift, I have to get an Uber there because of time because it's quite, you know, it's like the other side of the city. And yeah. then often if I've finished the shift, I feel like walking back. So, but then if I get an Uber back as well, I'll basically spend half of what I've just made on taxis right. to and from. So I make nothing, but what it is, is it's a way of getting me out of the house. Um, and it's just, it's sociable, it's fun and it, it feeds my soul. It really does. And it's, it's such a good crack and it's the golden lion in Bristol. If anybody from the UK is watching this and ever wants to come and say hello, uh, I'll also be DJing there and putting on various music nights and stuff. And that's the other cool thing is, you know, you're the old guy who's got stuff going on. So people are like, well, what's your story? Cause everybody I'm working with is in like their early twenties and the students yeah. and 
and they're like, who's this weird old dude? What's he up to? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the boss, my friend, is like, oh, yeah, yeah he's just hosted um, Hot Wheels at the O2 Arena five shows in a row. And they're like, what? And he's here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just cool, man. Like, people are really, like, confused and kind of sidelined by it. And I, I like being, you know, that guy as well that, you know, can always have the ability to confound <laughs> that's great yeah i love it the the grounding part that you're talking about i think is really important too you know even in my own life i i i really just love a good day's work i always will it's that blue collar mentality that will never die and i've had to do that various times in my career get behind a bar you know work for um carpentry company um build walls like just getting my hands dirty and being shoulder to shoulder with people that live a, a fairly simple life. And I can relate to that. And I think there's a beauty to that. There's a real poetic beauty to what you're doing in your life right now. If you look at those contrasts, who can say that they do that? That's extraordinary. And I think years down the road, you're going to look back and be like, wow, what a crazy time I was living through. And I think that's beautiful. And the fact that you're taking it in stride the way you are just goes to show your humility um, as a human being and as an artist. So yeah, I, anybody who's listening, go 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 hang out with Matt, man, and give him a tip. I know you you Brits don't do that, but <laughs> pull out a few pounds and slap it on the counter. He deserves it. <laughs> thank you, dude. Thank you so much, man, and thank you for everything. And thank you to everyone uh, for the last year. We've really, you know, I've been doing a show for five years, so I know what it feels like to build something around your show. And with my show, Life in the Stocks, it's not the same. I love my show, and I always will, and I'll always do it, but. This is special. This is different. And this is the real deal, what we've got going on here. It's really important. And I know that people, you know, they look to this show for inspiration sometimes. And that is the ultimate validation and, and compliment for what we're doing. And like I said, we'll never abandon you. We'll never let you down. This is just the beginning. Uh, we're just going to take a little break right here for a couple of months. And then we'll be back and things will be better than ever. Um, and it's going to be weird, actually, not having these these regular in-depth chats because i know we'll, we'll we'll we will obviously still keep in touch and talk oh, yeah. but no you're dead to me <laughs> there's just there's something about this dynamic that i mean maybe i'll tell you what we should do is we should just start recording episodes for our patreon page yeah yeah i was gonna say banking them bonus that, content for people when you do sign up we'll, we'll it'll be locked and loaded and you'll already have access to like fill in the gaps really of from this episode to the next one so that's kind of a great idea there it is right there we just came up with that idea boom Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.